I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to the All by the Popcorn podcast. I'm Alessandra. And I'm Emily. And today we are talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes. It uh when did it release? Did it release like last week? Yes, very recently. It's, yeah. Yeah, still still very new. Still very new to theaters. My theater was uh, pretty packed. How packed was your theater? Yeah, I would say it was like halfway packed, which is, you know, pretty good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um Had I did see it on a quiet. Tuesday, but yeah. Yeah, so yeah, so so did we. Um so did me and my roommate. Uh pretty quiet theater too. Like no one was was doing the the whooping and the hollering and the clapping or anything. People did clap um, after um, Nicole Kidman's poem, though. Oh my gosh! Did they really? People do that around here. That's a thing. Like I, I, I think it's because there's a I lot of millennials that. and and Gen Z in the crowd, so they, especially Gen Z, because you know of all the college kids, they they go to see yeah. movies and then they see you know Nicole Kidman say her prayer and then they're like, yeah. <laughs> I know that came on and and my roommate Casey was like, that just needs to be our new national anthem. And I was like, it really does. Um, it's just I I wish I knew it by heart. I I probably I I can I can I probably know most of it because I've just heard it so many times. But I haven't actively tried to memorize it. <laughs> um, but I would love I would love just once. I just I I hope that that this can happen one day. But just. Just one time that I'm in a theater and it comes on. I just want everyone in the theater to just say it at the same time. Like, just <laughs> like, like, like we're brainwashed. That's what I would really love. Yeah, like the national anthem. Yes, like the national anthem. Yeah. Or like the... Uh, I would, I would what, love that. No, the Pledge of Allegiance, more like. Yes, Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. Well, so um, we watched the Christmas special a few days ago just to get ready for this um which i really enjoyed the christmas special it was very silly kevin bacon got abducted by mantis and um by uh drax to be and a, <laughs> to be a christmas present for peter yeah um, who was pretty down right? yes, that's what happened. yeah because <laughs> he lost the love of his life and so he he's yeah pretty he, he was pretty down also when this movie started off being really drunk um and you know it makes sense because it's it was really upsetting in infinity war that she got um thrown off of the cliff by uh thanos so by that gamora did so yeah that was yeah that that was and and i i didn't see any trailer i knew absolutely nothing about this well that that's not true i think i was on instagram and i saw and I follow like some Marvel accounts or Marvel fan accounts or something. And one post did have like the four animals that were like in this movie, mm-hmm. um, like in a picture. 
And, and, and obviously I, I recognized Rocket and I was like, okay, so this movie will probably be about Rocket. Yeah. And like some other animal experiments that he was with. That, that's all I knew. Um, and I, I saw Gamora like in the, in the, um, movie posters, like the promo posters for this movie, but I didn't know in what capacity she would be in this movie. Like if she'd be in flashbacks or if she'd actually be, because when we, when I watched this, um, I completely forgot that like a, a, an alternate dimension, like Gamora had come back. Mm -hmm. Like I remember I was, I was trying to think back to, I believe it was Endgame that she came in, right? At the end, end, she was re kind of reintroduced because Endgame, they go back to try and murder a a, like younger version of Thanos. And that's the version that that's like the past version that came back. And then, as yes. they explained in the movie, Gamora's like the only person who stayed in their realm for some reason, and no one has explained it correctly. And that's what that's what it is. Well, because <laughs> ne- because yeah, because Casey was telling me about it, like found an article about it, and had said that Nebula fights the other version of herself and like kills the other Nebula, but mm-hmm. then lets the but then lets Gamora stay. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that makes sense. So, I, it's, so that's that's what happened. It's vague, but it's also like that one line in the in the movie was definitely the kind of nod to the fact that we're just keeping her around because she's a main character. And like, yeah. Uh, and have we have we really not had another like we've had the Christmas special with the Guardians and, and we've had the Guardians briefly were in. Love and Thunder. Did they bring up Gamora in Love and Thunder at all? Like, it's been mm. so long since Infinity War, it feels to me. It has and, been a while. Yeah. I, no, I don't think I, they and did. And I feel like Gamora was not brought up again until until now. Until yeah. <laughs> just now in this movie. Well, yeah. I mean, they kind of referenced it in the Christmas one, sort of, because Quill was kind of sad. But, yes. um, but yeah, like, I think that... It's definitely kind of, it's been a while. I mean, even the last Guardians of the Galaxy was, you, do you have it pulled up? When, when was that one? The second one? Oh, I sure do. Uh, 2017. Oh, wow. Five years ago? Oh, my God. Hell wow. Yeah. That was a while Hell ago. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, they've grown as characters and everything, but I think that also, to me, this one was the best written and most exciting one. Like, I feel like the director really just kind of, let this uh, hilarity fly and let these characters really sit really well in their skins. Like, it just felt like they were, like, super realistic, this this movie. I, I definitely agree. This, I felt so weird after this movie. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I just was in a, in a way, in a mood, in a something during this movie. Because I don't remember laughing a whole bunch. I don't remember feeling like I like I feel like my emotions just like shut themselves off as I was watching this I don't know why but like I just was numb the whole time um like yes yes the the um animal cruelty was very sad and 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 but this this movie felt so different I agree that it that it that everyone felt very real and they really took an interesting direction with them um, with the with the group with the family, um, 
But I just, I'm still trying to decide if I liked this movie or not. I, I think, I think in terms of story and like how it was played out and pacing, I think it was probably the best, the best written one. Um, but I, I didn't think that was, it was all that funny. Like I, I, I don't even think I like laughed out loud really? during this movie. Oh, I, I did. I, yeah. I thought I it was, I thought it was very funny. Like, I don't know. I think that the comfort and kind of, um, hilarity of the idiotic characters kind of really make it you know like add it adds that comedy to it right because you it really focused a lot on um mantis and drax as well this movie and yeah really so did. i felt like their kind of relationship was also a really big center of this movie and their like insanity like they're they're both kind of idiots in their own ways and that's really what I think the comedy came from. I don't know. I like just their comfort with being able to make really kind of off-color jokes um, mm-hmm. and, like, mm-hmm. random associations. Like, an example is, like, when Gamora is, like, you know, it sounds like, or the, the I guess it was one of the other ladies in that, like, um, organism, like, space station thing um yes 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 that she was yeah, like a, you know it sounds like um quill you'd be better off with nebula and he kind of like looks at her and starts to like make eyes at her yeah. and it's just yeah it's it's so like awkward and perfect and his whole like i don't know like i feel like their sticks were really like firm and well done in this movie that like you kind of like to me peter was a lot less annoying he was a lot more endearing in this movie and because he, he's he'd been brought down a peg and yeah it, it yeah. kind of worked out for him in in the long run but it wasn't really about him this movie like it was definitely more focused on obviously rocket drax mantis um like i felt like they were really the the main characters yeah which is a really nice change of pace because yeah the first two movies are very centered around Peter, he's yeah. very much like, I'm the victim, I was abducted, my mom died, I'm the sad boy, be be sad for me. Mm-hmm. Um and and so this was a really this was a really good change of pace. I really like where they're taking the Guardians. I don't know if there are any other Guardians Guardian centered movies that are um contracted. Um, no, I or think we just might kind it. of see these characters in in other things coming out. Yeah, um, I think this is because like at the, the end, end it did say Star Lord will return, so mm-hmm, not mm-hmm. sure um, kind of where where that's going to lead us. But um, I definitely chuckled. There, there was definitely some chuckling. I just don't think I like. I remember there was something that happened in the second movie that I was laughing so hard that I like cried. Like <laughs> I just yeah. I, I I just feel like I had very loud like boisterous laughs in the first two movies, and I just was kind of chuckling and smiling, and you know, just kind of. I think I really missed rocket's humor mm-hmm. because like I, I i think i realized how much i actually okay so so here's again this movie was very i feel very weird about watching this movie i didn't even really want to talk about it today because i wanted more time to think about it um and maybe even watch it again but like these these characters even though they're very endearing and i do enjoy their movies and think they're very fun i don't know how emotionally invested in them i am mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and 
maybe this movie made me think or made me like start to realize that I am invested in them maybe because I I started liking the movie once Rocket was awake again. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. he he was gone for like, he was you know unconscious for about um, two injured, thirds of like, the movie. Yeah, for for a lot of it, for mm-hmm. a lot of it, and I feel like a lot of the things that I probably laugh at is probably regarding Rocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he's really brash. having him. Yeah, having him basically be missing the whole movie um, to like learn about his backstory, which was you know very sad and and very um. Very sad to see. I mean, it's yeah, that was, was incredibly heartbreaking. Like, I, I, I was like, not prepared to be so emotionally like, like they they did a really good job with all that part of the backstory and just the like really it creepy so, other animals it was so that he was with and creepy and like oh, disturbing it was, it was very disturbing it was so disturbing I, and just the other animals are obviously so sweet and that was like the hardest thing to watch like especially that little bunny like i could not handle it like it was driving me insane because it's kind of like the same like it reminded me of like Sid's toys in the first. Yes, um, that toy bunny. Story. That bunny creeped me out. Dude. Oh my god! All, no. all of them did. I'm. Oh, I know, and it's just but, they all they but all creep me out. But they're also cute because they're so naive and they're so sweet. Yeah, you know, and so you kind of look yeah. past their like really grotesque, um, like cyborg esque kind of like creepy like it's really similar to those toys in Sid's Toy Story that you know obviously they look insane sure. but they're like nice For right sure. like they help and they help and so yeah, it's kind of helpful. like yeah <laughs> oh like it makes you really uncomfortable and it's also very sad because Rocket like baby Rocket was just oh my god like it it got to a level that was so emotionally disturbing like so much in a movie that I did not anticipate to to feel those emotions, you know, it, it, just bringing up stuff about it is making me sad again. Like, it is so overwhelmingly depressing. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. And I really had no expect. I'm, I'm pretty sure my only expectations for this movie was like, it's a Guardians movie. It's going to be a vibe. It's going to have a great soundtrack. And it's going to make me laugh. And then I kept hearing about, like, like, oh, it's so sad. It's so emotional. Like, I'm going to cry. I was like, really? A Guardian? You're going to cry at a Guardians movie? Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and like, maybe I, and maybe that's why. Maybe I just, like, shut my emotions down because I, like, didn't know what to expect. And so I just, <laughs> so I just didn't feel the entire movie. Yeah, oh, I God. felt definitely. This movie messed me up. Yeah, it messed <sighs> me up, dude. I'm telling you. It it messed me up because I was feeling too many emotions. Like, I was, like, on the, you know, level and I wasn't of- feeling anything and it was scary yeah. it was <laughs> i let this movie make me feel okay that's what i'm trying to say i i was yeah prepared yeah. just like i was with yeah. like infinity war like i was prepared um and i think that the other two guardians and i think we talked about them on this podcast or at least the last one I we talked we about have. the second one um i think we have yeah it yeah. I felt like even then that that was like a lot of fun. Um, but I still agree. Like I wasn't really attached to these characters at all. And I felt like this this movie like made me way more attached to them. Way, made me more attached to specific characters, like including um, 
you know, Drax Mantis, Peter and Nebula. Like, I did not really like Nebula before, and I do now. I think that, like, because we've had a lot of time. Interesting, okay. They've, like, okay. developed. I've, I've liked Nebula a lot since. There was yeah. a movie that I really started liking her in. The second and so one. I've. Yeah. Uh, t- yes, probably the second one. Like, I, I think I, I think I started really liking Nebula then. Um and honestly, I, I probably thought she was kind of cool in the first movie, too. Like She's I just, really I... cool. Yeah. She's awesome. So, I don't know. Like, I I love all the little, like, it's just so kooky. I mean, one of the characters is, like, and a, and a big character is, is Cosmo, the dog who was sent into space by the Russians, um, who I just noticed here on, on uh, IMDb that is played by uh, Maria Bakalova. From um, from uh, what is it? The God, she got nominated for, uh, for best actress or for best supporting actress for um, Borat. Oh, the the second Borat. Yes, yes, and yes, 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 yes. She yes, was the yes. voice of the dog of Cosmo, of course. And I like love these like really kooky characters that are just like there you know and that's what makes him so crazy like like will poulter as adam he's just like an idiot like there's just so many idiots in this that it's just it it works like they're all just a big old idiotic family you know yeah you see we see a lot of very fun like aliens in these movies Mm -hmm. and um and yeah i really like we we can kind of continue talking about the the additional characters that we kind of get in this movie. So we get, we get a um, recurring character. We have the, what were they called? The gold people. Yeah. I don't remember what they're called, but they were created by the high evolutionary um, as well. So he's their God. Let's get to him in a second. Yeah. yeah, A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) But like, he's a little bit complex. He's a bit complex, but she was in the second one as well. And she was like one of the baddies in that. Yeah, they're, oh God, I cannot remember their name. Anyway, um, and so we kind of, we meet another uh, gold alien named Adam. Her son, um, apparently, who didn't son, finish cooking <laughs> in his little, like, Who, who didn't finish his time in his pod. Yeah. Yes. So he's kind and, of an um, idiot. But okay, so let me close my window. Oh, the fucking trash trucks. <laughs> I love the actor Will Poulter. He, I've loved him for a long time. He's, I'm a big fan of his, and so I was really excited to see him in this, in this movie. Yeah, he was really funny. Again, another kind of like stupid, <laughs> stupid. Character. I know. There's so many stupid uh, people. <laughs> and. And they're just, he was very fun. I'm glad that, uh, you know, spoiler alert, obviously, for if you haven't seen Guardians, we've already kind of said a lot already, but um, I like that he kind of becomes a little a guardian at the end. I know. Um, oh, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. And it's just, it's super cute. Because, uh, like, in the end, Guardians is, is all about, you know, finding finding your people, finding your family, yeah. no matter um, where they are who they are, what they are. And they were very open with their love for each other in this movie, which I was very much appreciative of. Yeah. And that's, and, and again, I, I like that direction a lot. I almost kind of wish we got this direction a little sooner because like the first two movies are fun. Um, 
and you know, but they were just really about Peter, mm-hmm. um, ab- about him getting to know his his group as well. Like it it wasn't like just Peter, but you know, like primarily about about him and and kind of furthering his backstory pretty much. Um, but uh, but I think the addition of the Christmas special and 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 the little cameo they had in Thor: Love and Thunder kind of helped us see them a bit more but it just this was such a tonal shift it was to me it it felt very different like very very different from from the first two movies um yeah i think in a very good way i think james gunn is like peak james gunn in this movie like i felt that way about the set the suicide squad too like he really kind of went for it especially with like the grotesque aspects of his stories he often likes to it really seems like to to be very um graphic in like gross ways but also like um you know sometimes even more like uh gory ways like that entire planet of being made out of like organic material and them having to like you know squeegee their way into the into this like disgusting like organic matter like it's all very landing on this thing it's like yeah obviously skin with like little hairs poking out of it and it's just it's really like grotesque trip and so like that whole like juxtaposition like it's sci-fi that is allowed to be this kind of like ridiculous and really feels like a you know, 60s space um, comic or, you know, it has that kind of, like, vibe that really adds to, you know, with the soundtrack and everything that, like, sets in tone that is very, very unique. And I think James Gunn does a really good job of that. And I'm really glad that they eventually signed him back onto the movie because I think he was let go of it um, by Disney when I think some tweets resurfaced that he had said like a decade ago or more even that were just like really I I guess they were off color I don't really remember but I think he was like some kind of racist tweet or some kind of joke that wasn't really funny and so they were like oh James Gunn you can't be the director anymore and he kind of campaigned himself and he got himself back in which he's a really good director so literally the fans the fans like boycott like they rioted yeah and then and then he did his his little brief stint with um with dc which he might he might still do some more stuff with dc who knows um but yeah i don't i don't know how many more movies that james gunn has contracted with disney and honestly it's i don't um i hope he does more movies with disney I really like his Marvel movies. I think they are definitely one of the, some of the better ones. Um, he's a really talented guy. He's a really great writer. Um, he's actually making me like the Guardians, which I never thought I would do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he's a, he's I, I a think good the three writer. moments, yeah. the three moments that made me like a little, like a, like the, the tears were starting. They never fell, but they mm-hmm. were definitely starting. Um if 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 they had maybe run a little bit longer, I, I maybe would have cried. Um, but it was when the way Nebula reacted to Rocket being awake, that was that oh. was pretty cute. Oh, I know. Um 
and then Rocket talking to uh, Lila yeah. in, in, in Limbo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Was a little sad. And I think, and I think some, something with Mantis and Drax, I can't, I can't remember. Um, but. Yeah. In the end with the dog days are overplaying on the soundtrack and. Maybe. Yeah. yeah maybe. Them kind of looking at each other. It. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And also, I mean, Peter going back to his grandfather on Earth was pretty emotional, too. Yeah, that was... That's, I, I'm, I'm still not a huge fan of of, of Peter, um, but yes, he, he was less annoying in this movie, but... He really was. Like, I... Tr- he, like, truly, he he's like a couple, Like, he was different. Like, he had, had his cockiness, but it was not, like, as much as the first two movies. <laughs> like, he was a sad boy. <laughs> and... And that yeah. that kind of worked for him, you know. <laughs> yeah, I definitely liked him better as 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 sad boy, um, but he still <laughs> he still uh, he still really goes into things not thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, they, they but that's um, all the guardians do. Like as they were saying, like yeah. Gamora was like, "What's the plan?" And they're like, "We don't have a plan. We just do it." <laughs> Fuck. We just kind of we just kind of do it and figure. And it then out. that okay. means you know half of them end up on the ship, half of them end up on this like planet, and. Which That's is being this, blown up. I, all the people on this planet, they were just like animal people. Like it's again, that's part of the like grotesqueness of it. It's just so there's a lot of death. It really did remind me of the Suicide Squad too, because that also kind of had a similar bad shit vibe and wild, lots of death, lots of grotesque like horror kind of aspects. You know. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, for sure. For so sure. It, it's it was like that. So is it time to talk about uh, Chikwudi Iwuji, the High Evolutionary? Because this guy, great actor. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this guy he... gave off the most British like actor on a stage I think I've ever seen in my whole life. Like, it, you know what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, he was very, he was very, like, um, I'm trying to, like, you know, elegant, charming, smart, Mm -hmm. you know, he was, he was, he was really portrayed as this, like, revolutionary mind, like, this very intelligent, um, very suave type of, you know, scientist in the beginning, and then... Mad scientist, yeah. (laughs) And then he he turns real mad scientist, like, he goes crazy um he is just his character is just obsessed with with getting rocket back mm-hmm. um because rocket has been his his greatest creation most successful creation yes. yes and he yeah. does not know why um i mean did he ever try to to do what he did with another raccoon I mean, I, he, had, probably. he had other raccoons in there, but, like, maybe they just never turned out the same as Rocket. Something um, happened where Rocket could become more than just a kind of, like, evolved being, but he became, like, an actually, like, a smart and creative being. Yes, he was, he was obsessed with trying to create the perfect species of 
of civilization in a, like to, to utopia to put somewhere yeah. yes a utopia he wanted his beings to be able to think innovatively and they were all just kind of average like mm-hmm. they kind of turned out the way like any any large grouping of people would turn out like i'm sure some were smarter i'm sure some were dumber like mm-hmm. it just it was all it wasn't consistent and they weren't they weren't doing what he wanted. I wish we kind of got a little bit more of a backstory with him. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we kind of learned what we could learn from Rocket's um uh unconscious flashbacks. Um and then he tries to give his whole villain speech to Peter <laughs> while they're on the ship. Yeah. And he's like, I don't want to listen to this shit. Yeah. I um, love that. Yeah. Peter was like, I can't yeah, there's he's, no po- he's like you're he's just like, I don't crazy give person. a shit, dude. Like, yeah, like, it doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Like, just stop. Like, that was so, it's so James Gunn. Like, it's just like, I don't care. I don't care what you have to say. Like, I just want to get out yeah. of here. Because I, because I felt, because I felt like he was missing something and I was trying to, I was trying to understand his motives. Like, I, I, I get what he's trying to do. I understand the goal, yeah. but for what? Like, do, is, is it truly just because he wants to feel like a god and that he's made this perfect, but Why? what what stemmed this like i needed a little mm, bit of yeah. a mm-hmm. of a character study mm-hmm. of this villain because mm-hmm. i was like he's very intriguing and i want to know just a little bit more he was a good villain i think it's really hard to write a good villain based off like and he didn't have that personal backstory yeah the actor did such it a good job cool <laughs> you know yeah thinking thinking I, and I feel like I keep thinking about, like, just how different Guardians 3 was and maybe how I wanted the first two to maybe kind of lead up to this better. Yeah. Like, yeah, totally. like, like, like maybe instead of having volume two kind of about Peter's dad, which I still thought was interesting. Like, I thought that finding out that he was this crazy being that, mm-hmm. you know, kills all of his offspring um, was very interesting. But, like, Maybe I would have liked to have gotten a preview of of the High Evolutionary before, like, having the final standoff or something. Like, I think maybe that would have been interesting. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. There's and so many In a way, ifs. he also just killed everything that he made, too, because it didn't, like, lead up to his expectations. Um, and that's what he was threatening Elizabeth to Becky's gold lady with that. Basically, he was like, I'll, I'll kill all your people because you're just like not living up to my expectations. You're not doing what I want you to. Um, So he has yes. that that power, I guess. It, it, it's the mad scientist gone gone rogue like he's crazy. And it's it's an interesting bad guy, I think. Like, I didn't expect that to be part of this. That it would be just everything really related to rocket um but i'm gonna miss them if we don't see them in the future like i do think that it's like not really supposed to be something that the the characters come back for like especially probably bradley cooper you know um yeah i mean i think it's possible if they're all gonna kind of split up and end up at different parts of the galaxy like maybe they could end up somewhere else because it kind of sounded like mantis wanted to wants to find her own way and she kind of has a way with with certain alien species like maybe she would start a uh i don't know like like an animal preserve <laughs> yeah <laughs> like 
help like a zoo not a zoo but like you know something yeah. more humane um because she takes those three um they fight one of those things in the beginning of the second movie right the weird like tentacle things with the teeth yeah i think they the, do yeah yeah and, and we have we have baby grew i miss baby grew i really i really like i really like a buff what almost an adult yeah Groot. yeah he was <laughs> but he was i really good. I really miss Baby Girl. How did you feel about um about being able to understand Groot at the end there? Well, what I liked yeah. was that previously Gamora hadn't understood Groot and everybody else did. And it's kind of like Groot was not letting her into his group of people who could understand him until that moment, until the end. Yeah. And yeah. then when he said, I love you guys... It was like you as the audience were being brought in to understand Groot now because he thinks you're also worthy of him. And that's that's what I looked that's what I saw <laughs> with that comment. For sure, for sure. Um, which is a very cute, very, very cute thing to do. I thought it was a little corny. Um, yeah. It's a little corny, but it's I like i like corniness in a in a way especially when it's offset with this grotesqueness as i've said so like i think that's kind of why it works out with james gunn's writing is that you kind of forgive the really cheesy aspects and kind of embrace them especially when everybody's telling each other that they love them you know sure sure yeah it just it really threw me off. I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I heard you. Because I, think- I just I, I just thought that Groot as a character was was so expressive and so like emotional, even with just saying I am Groot. That's which is, which is why I just, you know, like yeah. I like I would have understood what Groot was saying if he's if he had said I am Groot. Um and I don't know. It just it, it's very cute. I'm not I'm not saying it's not. I just it's very corny. <laughs> it's very it's very corny. Yeah. Very corny. I I think personally that this is one of the better um post infinity war and post end game movies that have come out from marvel so we uh just got access to watching ant-man so that will be one of the episodes in the future obviously it's on disney plus now um uh, from what i've heard that's not as good so uh we're going to be talking about that soon <laughs> we uh definitely are we are definitely gonna talk about that still uh so expect that in the in the next in the next couple weeks um do we want to look at some trivia or do i want to do i want to take a break then get into the trivia like the meta score and i think we should take a break and then get into the trivia it's a good idea okay. here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Okay. We are back. Um... I'm just going to read a little bit right about off the back. Nathan what, Fillion's what? character here in the... Oh, yeah. So Nathan's been in two Guardians movies now. Yeah, it says he plays Master Karja in I don't Karja think he was in the this. second one. Fillion has appeared in each Guardians of the Galaxy film, each playing a different <gasps> role. In Guardians of yes. the Galaxy, Fillion voiced CGI character Monstrous Inmate. In volume two here, yes. he appeared on film posters in the background as actor Simon Williams, a.k.a. Wonder Man. Oh. He did get a pretty sizable role in this. With And, and the suits that they were wearing were insane and hilarious. They looked like... They looked like fucking water bears. Water bears. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> did like you just say that at the same time as did me? Did you just say... <laughs> oh, my God. God, Did we just say water bears? Did we just say water bears at the time? same exact time? I'm, 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 I can't. Oh, Sometimes get, we get have the same fucking head. I don't know what. Get, get out of my brain. Get. <laughs> You're not allowed. You're not allowed. <laughs> they probably were supposed to look like water bears because they looked a lot like them. Good job for the um, costume department on that one. Yeah, it was super, super good. Super funny. <laughs> Oh, who's who's Wonder Man? I don't. Who I don't know. That? I don't remember. I, it's been a long time since I saw the second one, so I. <laughs> yeah, I, I I I think I only saw the second one once. Wonder um, Man. Apparently, Taika was rumored to be taking over the directing from James Gunn after he was temporarily fired, and Taika said, "Those are James's films." That would be like going into someone's house and saying, hey, I'm your new dad. This is how we make peanut butter sandwiches now. Feels kind of awkward. I mean, but that's very true. Like, it is true. Like, and, and even though I I feel like Taika and James, you know, kind maybe have some similar, some similarities in the way they shoot, like their movies have been very bright and very like, fun snappy editing and very fun comedy like and very weird like kind of twisted stuff that happens sometimes i think taika might be a tad more pg um but like it still would have felt like a very different i'm sure i'm pretty sure i would have loved it because taika is amazing um i think that taika's characters are different like i think james gunn writes very specific character um character cards like basically he's got like three or four types of characters and i feel like taika's got different types of characters so they they do have very similar um like you said like similar kind of vibes in a little like in a way but you know they're, like they're, like, they're, a, like aesthetic it's yeah, like an aesthetic. yeah i i think that you could really uh break it down and see the differences between them for sure you know yeah. They're from completely different places, so they have totally different worldviews, and it, it reflects on the way that they write. 
and um, totally different, like, like just humor, like just ideas yeah. of humor. Yeah. Um, this film um, sets the record for the most makeup appliances used in a single film, having more than 23,000 prosthetics used across more than 1,000 actors. That's amazing. Were you seeing, um, were you seeing on TikTok all of the, the dummies that were like the realistic dummies that were being made of the characters that had to be like held by, like Peter gets held by Nebula. Uh-huh. Um, and so they had this, um... They had this, like, you know, Chris Pratt, Star-Lord dummy made. And it, and, it, and it was, like, maybe 35 pounds. But it was supposed to look like full-sized Peter Quill, like, human. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, my God. No, I did not see that. Yeah, I kept seeing it all over TikTok. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm not and... on Marvel TikTok. Like, I, I don't know why. Um, <clears throat> oh, but I'm not, just not. Did someone send it to me? Because I don't, I don't even think I'm on Marvel TikTok. Um, but like, uh, oh my God. Uh, what's her name? Karen. Karen uh, did not want to touch it. She was like, "Ooh, what is? It? <laughs> like, it looks so real. Like it was really creepy. Like because it looked really like like a sleeping Chris Pratt. Like it was really creepy. Oh, that is so weird. <laughs> Super weird." Um, and they and they might have made one for for Adam too because I think he gets carried well unconscious at one point. Um, <laughs> and obviously Rocket. Yes. Yeah. A little, a little, uh, little, a little raccoon rocket, doll. Yeah. <laughs> a little raccoon doll. Um, oh, I, I love this this trivia here. It says the first MCU movie to have an uncensored use of fuck in its gerund form. I yes. loved that. Like that was definitely a shocking like it was so funny in the way that like you have to be extremely careful with fucks in like pg-13 movies and they knocked it out of the park nebula like couldn't figure out how to get into this car by pressing the button yeah i mean that was so funny and so stupid peter quill was like (laughs) it means get in the fucking car they're like open the fucking door or something yeah it it was, was it was so good it was just, so good. Because it's shocking because you know that this is a PG-13 movie, so you get one. And it was a very good use of that one fuck. It was very funny. Oh. Yeah. Um, apparently, James Gunn based the high evolutionary on his counter-Earth character from H.G. Wells' dark sci-fi tale, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Um, oh, he's a big fan of the adaptation of it, Island of Lost Souls from 1932, which is great. Mm-hmm. I hope to see this actor in more stuff. He's been in a lot of TV. He's been in a lot of British stuff. So maybe this will make him, uh, you know, be a little bit more prolific in these bigger movies. Kind of like the way Chiwetel Ejiofor has been kind of like in a lot more stuff or, um, you know, like the, the, all these British black actors that are just like classically trained, incredible actors. I'm like, um, yes, put them in all the other things, please. <laughs> put them in everything, please. <sighs> all right. Should I look at these, uh, plot keywords? Sure. All right. We've got... Based on comic, Guardians of the Galaxy, Marvel Comics, Superheroine, Superhero. There you go. 
Oh, wow. Well, that was the blandest you could possibly be with those. It's it's just the most. It's just there it is. There you go. Um. So this movie got a 64 Metascore with 37 positive reviews, 23 mixed, and two negatives. Um, Emily, what are the Which Metascores for the other movies? I'm so glad you asked because I have them open. Um, so the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie had gotten a 76 Metascore. Okay, and that's the pretty good. Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, it's very good. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 had gotten a 67. Wow, so this one currently has a lower Metascore, even though, again, I do think it is a very good movie, but it's still in the green. The lowest is a 25 from the Chicago Tribune. Going down. Here we, okay. go. here we go. Here we go. All right. Chicago Tribune. Um, the full-on assault on the audience's tear ducts in much of Guardians Three may be sincere, but the rhythms and pacing of the film never find the beat. Hmm. We end up waiting for the reductive punchline, or for another round of wanton slaughter. Wow. I do slightly agree with with this review slightly i did feel like the pacing was a little weird was a little a little weird yeah the... and and again it was it was very disturbing like yeah, and, I, and i'm not saying i don't like disturbing films but this was <sighs> but animal cruelty un- is like unexpectedly disturbing it i mean there's no it's so obnoxiously horrible like especially when he's like putting those other animals in those little tubes and you know doing the experiment on them and then like like incinerating them in front of the entire audience's eyes it's just like yeah it's like horrible and in the end when rocket goes to see all the little all the little um like raccoons. raccoons all little babies oh all little baby God. raccoons they are like i i was watching this movie with danny and he was sitting next to me i turned to him and i was like i need to go home and hug luna like immediately because <laughs> just like i just want to hug my cat really bad after this movie <laughs> kind of like after lion yeah. we wanted to go home and just hug our moms for like an hour <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to read the 50 from film because it kind of says what you were saying earlier. And that, perhaps, is the real fatal flaw of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Gunn's first two movies felt different. They stood out from the pack, and they had their own unique personality. But Volume 3 feels more of the same. I'm not suggesting Gunn and company are phoning it in this time, but it certainly feels like the magic has faded. Whatever alchemy the filmmaker worked to make the first two Guardians movies memorable has evaporated into the ether. Hmm. That's giving me a lot to process. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Arizona Republic 50 says it's wildly uneven and kind of blah. And there's a lot of starts and stops. A lot of patchworks from Vanity Fair. A lot of people think it's just too much going on. 
kind of like a playlist. And, and that and that is also what I thought as well. I was like, so many things are happening. Yeah. Like it it all kind of turned around and kind of like it it matched up in the end, but like it it definitely felt it definitely felt like like from the very first like scene, I was like, okay. Like it just felt and I just had like this weird like feeling in my stomach like the whole I felt the same way I don't want to I don't want to say this I don't okay. want to say this do you want to just throw away that thought um I don't know because I think it's true okay but like I kind of felt the same way about like when I first watched Frozen like the it first just felt one. weird the whole yeah. yes the first one yeah it just I felt I felt off the whole time like mm-hmm. and it was just it just made me feel weird and no, then, I, yeah. <laughs> but like, but like, I'm really fine. And and of course, with Frozen, I just ended up not liking it. And I was like, cool, this wasn't a good movie. I don't really, I don't, I don't care for it. But like, yeah. I'm fighting, I'm fighting this feeling so hard. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't end up not liking this. Don't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, you could, you could still, you don't have to love it. You know, I know. You don't have I to just, do that. I don't. I don't. I don't often feel mixed about things, or do I? Mm, no, I don't no, think you do. I, I think you. You pretty much. I like, like it to or make you a decision. <laughs> I like to make a decision. I don't like to be. Yeah, wishy washy, unknowingly in between. I don't like it. No, I don't like I, it, Alessandra. It's so true. It's <laughs> yeah. I think I hate it. <laughs> I like this movie. I thought it was to me in the green. I didn't like love this movie, but I liked it a lot. And I think it because it made me kind of like I, I did really enjoy it. And, and I enjoyed a, like all the aspects of it, even obviously the fact that it was really like sad. Um, yeah. But yeah. I thought they did a really yeah. good job with that. So like oftentimes I'll think, oh, some movies are just trying to be really, really sad, you know, like calling back because because yeah i don't think it felt i don't think it felt heavy-handed like with all of the Mm -hmm. the animal experiment stuff i don't think it did no it was it was it was very scary and and disturbing and and grotesque at times but like i didn't feel like it i didn't feel like it was heavy-handed yeah and you know it's kind of clear from like even when his when lila gets shot and he like screams it's so like visceral and so like uncomfortable like the that whole entire time it's just so well done that it's like hard to be like oh that's not but i mean obviously that's that's just one part of the story you have the rest of the movie too so like that is you know a good backstory a really good like um you know maybe it was it was interspersed throughout the movie and maybe it should have been just like the beginning of the movie or something you know like you don't have to have um, it be kind of like interspersed between it and make it a little bit more uh, all over the place. Yeah, you know? maybe because I didn't feel like I was. It was weird. I I, fe- I felt like we got too much time in in Rocket's flashbacks. Maybe maybe it was the right amount of time in Rocket's flashbacks, but maybe I wasn't really learning much from mm-hmm. them. It was like okay, he has these four other experiments that he meets and. Yeah, they're they're really creeping me out, but like they're very cute and they're and they're forming this really cute bond. Um, but like I I don't know, maybe maybe I needed a bit more time with them or maybe just a just a different 
type of scene with them. Because I don't know, I just felt like we kept going back to these flashbacks and just kind of seeing the same things. I'm going to read this 75 from AP. It says, Volume 3 is a messy, overstuffed finale, but you rarely question whether Gunn's heart is in it. Sometimes it spoils some of that effect by trying too hard to juxtapose tonal extremes and show off its brash juggling act. Yet whatever this sweet, surreal sci-fi shamble is that Gunn has created, everyone here seems to believe ardently in it. Hmm. Okay. Um, do you want to read hmm. the top one, the 91 from AV Club? Okay, yeah, let's see. Um, it's not just a film, it's a blaze of glory. And that sense of daring is both the best thing about Volume 3 and occasionally the worst. <laughs> okay. Wow. There's okay. some pretty good like blurbs in this Metascore. I highly recommend you guys go look at it. There, there really is. And this makes me feel better about myself because honestly, it sounds like everyone kind of like had something about this movie that like really not irked them, but just like made them uncomfortable or something or just or just something wasn't quite there. Maybe. I think I honestly, know. that's like all of James Gunn's movies. <laughs> Maybe. Like Maybe. they just feel like they're kind of missing something and they're just like so weird that you're just like, uh yeah okay <laughs> yeah sure yeah, yeah sure love that definitely <laughs> oh goodness i thought the um so from from how the from how the music was being um used in this movie so we in the beginning of the movie we kind of have rocket um it seems like quill has moved from his tape deck um to an to an iPod. Yeah, I think he <laughs> like got all that of his music. in the end of the second yeah. movie, if not in one of the Infinity Wars or something. Like, I think he, he ended up getting an iPod, and I remember that. I think it was the end of the second movie. Okay, yeah, I do not remember Original this, but... iPod, too, so it's not even like... So it only goes up to a certain, you know, to the 2000s. Yes, so... And, and yes, and so the music on there is all kind of the the movie the the music in previous and pre no i i I think they were pretty they were pretty well-rounded like the movies haven't been certain decades of music right because in the third one like it it the it makes it pointedly clear that like we're moving into the 2000 like we're moving into Mm -hmm. i don't know like a new era a new a new a new time of music and so i was and then that was making me think of the music from the past movies mm-hmm. and i was like have they been have they been like certain like ranges of you know decades of music like leading up to the 2000s music or has it just no. been kind of like random no it's like been mostly the 70s i think the first two i think okay. it was like the 60s and the 70s because that's when he got abducted right so yeah that was like it. It was like just 70s music. So he music, probably basically. only had like that time frame of music yeah. for for the first two movies with with his tapes, with his uh Yeah. But this one had all a lot and as you were going through the movie, it went from the 70s to the 2000s. So I mean, that was to me pretty clear what was happening. Like the soundtrack was moving in that direction the whole movie and then in the end it ended with Dog Days from the, you know, 
late 2000s. Yeah, and then in the really cute, um, after uh, first the first end credit scene um, was with <laughs> Rocket Becomes Captain, and he's kind of leading the yeah. new Guardians, and they're at a planet, helping a planet. Yeah. Um, and they're talking about, like, what their favorite song is, and I mm-hmm. like that he, he brings the call back to the, to the um, come and get your love. Yeah. Fucking love that song. Yeah. So good. By Blue Suede. And we associate <sighs> it with Guardians of the Galaxy. So, like, I hear that one, and I also hear um, Yellow, and I just hear hear the, uh, you know, what, what is it? The Yellow, um, Sunish, oh, uh, Mr. Blue Sky. That song makes oh, me think yeah. of Guardians of the Galaxy, like, so much. That that makes me think of a, I feel like that, that one's in another movie, too. It might be. I'm sure it's in a lot of movies, but um, um, oh no, it was not blue suede. It was it was redbone. Mm-hmm. Red redbone. Uh, blue suede was the was the other one. What was the other one? There were some. Oh, there were some great songs on the first movie soundtrack. I I like immediately put them on my on my Spotify because I was like I need to listen to these like a million times. Um. What was the blue suede song? Blue suede. <laughs> Hooked on it. a feeling. Oh, hooked on a feeling. Hooked on a feeling. That is also the most. Yes, oh, that is definitely very associated with Guardians. Oh my God, I, I mean, that's how that you song. like. It's crazy because like that mo- this movie, especially the first one, was so big that the music is such a large part of the movie. You know, it's like a really big aspect of it. Yeah, it's like because it's 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 like this is the only thing that Peter has like tying him back to his his life on Earth is his music. Like it's it's quite touching, actually. <laughs> yep. And I and I like how it turns into something that all the Guardians love together as a family. Like it's it's very cute. It's very cute. You know what? I like this movie. I don't care my guts what my guts trying to point me in in the direction. I, I liked it. And that that's it. That's that that's it. <laughs> okay. Well you can close this out before you change your mind again. Uh oh, I changed my mind. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> uh no, that is it for us today. Uh if you enjoyed that episode, please write and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh Stitcher and IMDB. We are also on Amazon Music, Spotify, and Acast. If you want to email us, please do that at all by the popcorn podcast at gmail.com. We also have various social media. You can follow our Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Just search All By The Popcorn or All By The Popcorn Podcast. And we have merch. So please check that out. But thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you in the next one. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 